Welcome to Rambling Ambos, a paramedical podcast. The views and ideas expressed by those on the panel are their own and do not reflect any service or organisation they may be associated with. Today on the show, the whole team are in studio and have the top news stories to kick things off. In the debrief, we take a look at emergency driving, our near misses and what not to do. Plus, with smartphones in everyone's pocket, have we become a society that films rather than helps? Then later, the rack is back and the team are put to the test before we jump into the clinical corner for a Medical Monday session. Today's topic, COPD versus APO. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Rambling Ambos, but all this and much more is coming up now. Hello everyone and welcome to this ASMR episode of Rambling Ambos. Today we've got the whole team here. We've got Lee, <laughs> uh, we've got Jen, and hello. we've got Evan. Guys, whole team back in the room again. That's Thank God. Uh, that was a record. To creep me out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to keep it up the whole app, and oh. I'd be super impressed, but also kind of weirded out. We're going to have to charge you extra. Well, if you do look, that. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, <laughs> really? to be honest. Yeah, we'll whisper, just whisper the intro. Well, I feel a bit more comfortable with you all now. So anyway, yeah. I feel like oh, I can do you it. Know, let your kink out. It's fine, ah, guys. Oh, and <laughs> sorry, I forgot to say. Oh, I don't know if I said my name. Is it my name? My name's Carl. Yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah. Sure. Did I say it? Yeah. I that, think so. It was uh, so quiet though, I didn't <laughs> quite catch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, how are you all? Jen, how's your first um, few weeks out there as your little special... Special ops. Yeah. Um, well, do you remember in last week's episode how I said I don't do traumas? Uh, that's a big fat lie and I take it all back. Mm. I did, um, on my ride-alongs, I did four medical team retrieval jobs in two days. Okay. Ooh, and la, la. Evan, how have you been, <laughs> mate? Because I'm sick of hearing other people doing really good work whilst... No, no, no. That, Jen, that does sound cool. Yeah, it was interesting. It's exciting. It's good. I've seen the Snapchats. It's mm. true. Mm-hmm. Oh. You can vouch for it. Mm. I think you actually choppers. made it onto the... This the the official page or official like social medias for our I service. I think I did. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Good for you. Good work. Yeah. Good work for yep. not saying what yeah, that yeah. service was. Oh, we're very very uh, uh, very very <laughs> covert. Yes. If anyone's um, worked it out, boys. <laughs> guys, um, we've had a couple more caller statements uh, sent in. I love um, it when people talk to I us. I know. Yeah, so do I. Look, my, is that, is that my private ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my private ones quiet enough. So yeah. no one's one on my here, DMs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are married with kids, but yeah, <laughs> moving right along. Um, so, uh, Caitlin sent in this one. I quite like this. It's um, patient has had a lot of instant coffee and thinks he's overdosing. I mean, that on the international roast, mm, the house I brew. Mm, yeah, mm. <laughs> maybe it's a nurse, mate. Like, yeah, well, still, it could well be. Oh, I mean, uh, goodness. Actually, I was going to say actually, was that, that, last was it, that that great? What? I didn't feel like it was Just that great for you statement. guys, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping for a better reaction. Oh, I think, I mean, you have enough international roast. <laughs> Lots of things could happen. <laughs> Diarrhea, for example. <laughs> Diarrhea. I mean, it's a, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a stimulant. Yeah. I wonder I wonder how much, in, like, is there a particular dosing of international roast that, like, is a given to give you diarrhoea? Well, if an espresso you know? is, like, what, 80 milligrams of caffeine, how much is in an international roast sachet? Oh. And should we be prescribing it for our patients? Well, well maybe for idea. maybe for like maybe for migraines, just like you know, oh, caffeine. I was going to say for constipation. Yeah, but I was I mean, thinking that yeah, too. Yeah, true. You could do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, caffeine got like is a caffeine tablet and often used for mm. migraines. Oh, well, right. maybe yeah. maybe this next person uses it. It's actually quite funny. This one, I thought. So uh, they'll called to a to a female patient that had had uh, recent gastric sleeve surgery uh, two months ago, and now she's complaining of weight loss. 
Are you serious? Oh, in the, in the rapid white, rapid weight loss. They're just oh. bragging, right? Oh. What a shame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just want an ambulance crew to come over so that they can be like, hey, look, I've lost weight. Ta-da. Yeah. yeah. proud it, of me. Yeah. Ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, anyway. Mm. Um, guys, uh, there's been some news that's happening in the last week and uh, we've got it for you now. Here's the news of the week. This week on News Paramedics Daily. <laughs> yes, there that's a go. bit better. Uh, Sorry, guys, we just had to do about three takes because his uh, <laughs> commercial intro there like just I said, wasn't decent. Amber, terrible news right <laughs> Okay, uh, I wanted to tell you about this. I'm not sure if you saw this in the news. Great story this week, especially for those of us who like um, action-packed adventures. Mm. Jetpack paramedic paramedics. Get off the ground as trials are underway in the UK. Yeah, I did mm, see did that. Did you see that? Well, in Footage? fact, of course we did because we shared it on our Facebook page. We did, like, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and like this article shows great vision of, of a Superman dressed in a red flight suit with jetpacks coming out from his arms and looks like his back. Yeah. And it, the, the article reads that, uh, you know, the jetpack paramedics will be able to fly to the top of hard-to-reach hills got a couple of those where we live yeah and other difficult terrains in minutes rather than having to hike for hours and Top. i don't like bushwalking i mm. like yeah. i love bushwalking oh, I hate it. It's so boring at work yeah i mean in the middle of summer with all your paid if i'm being paid ha- yeah. i'm happy to go <laughs> yeah. bushwalking but i'd much rather jetpack i'd yeah, rather fair. it like, mm. it's got a top speed of like 51 Kilometers per hour or miles that's, per hour? Which um, is that's uncomfortably insane. fast. And also, this is my massive gripe with this story. Like, cool, you know, space age stuff, whatever. But you, when you get to the top of the hill, what do you do then? Just sit there and be like, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah, no, he's you, got his you kits hanging off him. He's got you his kits hanging yeah, off him. Your no, doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't have a kits. No, it's a whole jetpack. Absolutely pack. no yeah. kits. It's only jetpack. Oh, it kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't Exactly. You just do airway manipulation. I don't know if you noticed, but he had flashing lights on the suit. really? He did. Just to delineate him from other jetpack users. Yeah, just in case you don't get out of the way. The jetpack. Don't pull over to the left. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, so that that was a. I just thought right. that was a really cool piece yeah, of news. It is pretty yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be great. I don't know if it'd be great, but I'd give it a red hot crack. You reckon how long? Twenty I years. I would pay to see you <laughs> accidentally flying to the side of a mountain. Heavy, heavy. Wow. I thought you thought. I thought you might have said for, like crash into water. Yeah. Something that wasn't quite so that deadly. deadly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, guys. Moving right along. What is deadly is yeah. this next story. So in. Um, in Russia, the opposition leader was poisoned by a, well, yeah. I find this hard to say, a Novichok? Novichok. Novichok, Novichok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was the same agent that they used to poison um, uh, these spy, these double agents in uh, England a couple of years mm. ago, oh, in 2018. Yeah, yeah, there were mm. Russians uh, in England that their own country poisoned because they were double agents. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was thinking, guys, we need to do like a a little bit of an in-service. What happens if someone gets poisoned here by Nokachov? Or what if it happens... Oh, Novichok. Check yeah. their passport. Novichok is Are the Aldi version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Aldi version. Uh, how, how, what's the treatment? So um, I, I, I Googled the treatment. Mm-hmm. I got onto mm-hmm. Dr. Google. And uh, <laughs> um, the treatment... The, do you it's, know? Like, it's like cool. Saren is cool. Your friendly special operations oh, team yeah, I knew, Actually, I knew I forgot that you guys would be all across this, but atropine yeah. is yeah, the yeah. Uh, is the treatment. Yeah, but to get close enough, Carl, to d- administer said atropine, mm. 
you're going to die. Mm, yeah, well, so, that's, yeah. well, you'll end up on the ground next week. <laughs> so yeah. what I would suggest there, but it is, you're right, it's, it's atropine. And and there's other, there's uh, we carry a pen, like a what like an auto-injector, obidoxamine. There you go. Ah, yeah, um, right. And it's an auto-injector that we give. And you give it when... For Novichok? Well, for... For organophosphate poisoning. Agents mm. specific to, yeah, that are... Nerve that agents. Are, nerve agents, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's very similar to the the way you present with organophosphate poisoning. Right. Um, you get this like autonomic storm. Sort yeah. of, and so you get lots of secretions, you get meiosis. And they're the two things we're looking for. Yeah, Meiosis right. initially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being... Uh, constricted pupils, but it's it's high doses of atropine too, right? It's not. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know pre-hospital well, care, but this article that I was reading mm. um, was saying that if there was like a mass CAS incident with mm-hmm. a lot of people poisoned, um, they would use up their atropine stocks with the first two patients to to keep them alive. Yeah. Which, so there is a cache. Yeah, there's a cache that is available to special operations paramedics. That a cache. We, a, a cache a like store. a like a store. Cache. Um, <laughs> You know, it depends if you're scrub box. Did you say case? Case. Case. C A C H E. Yeah. Well, what's with why not a case? Why? Oh, it's 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 a case is like an actual word. It was cheaper. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. They oh. come in. A, it's the Aldi version. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that is released only on the direction of a very very high level person in the state government. Oh, they can they can okay. let us sort of use it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we we just. We can't. Yeah. So, and it's just yeah, masses yeah. and masses and masses of oh, these. So like we've got that. Pens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, got so we've got atropine pens. Yeah. We've got atropine yeah. obidoxamine pens and atropine pens, and we can come along fully suited up in yeah. in like proper mop, like proper yeah, PPE. Yeah. You know what? And administer that as we go. I'd be more than happy for you guys, you special people, just to to go out there and be the first ones on scene <laughs> on that one. That would be very lovely. Yeah. You do a great job. The suits are pretty gnarly. They're um, <laughs> they're full. They're hot. I'll and say they're that all. Much. 2XL and what <laughs> size do you normally wear, Jen? <laughs> yeah, like I, I actually gave myself a massive blister on my leg yeah. from the massive boots, like the rubbing. Boots. Yeah, rubbing Special Operations has not catered for your uh, Jen sized mm. pe- person. Mm. Yeah, mm. negative. Yet. Mm. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, made. Anyway, um, guys, I, I, I've been listening to this more trashy TV again on uh, the US TV shows, and um, I found they really rudely. Enter uh, emergency departments, the paramedics. Mm. They don't just uh, press the button and open the door. Mm. They slam their stretcher with the patient on it. They're they're both pushing it from the end and they slam their stretcher straight through the doors into the emergency department. Mm -hmm. I just find it particularly rude. So I want you to just have a quick listen to this and tell me if you think this is appropriate or not. Or should... um, uh, Actually, I don't know where where I'm going to go with this, whether we should... um, (laughs) Write, write a letter to the show. Write a letter to <laughs> But anyway, have a, have a listen. I don't want to hear it. My so friend is sick. Another is gone. This hospital is slammed. And I'm going to need Ready you to be a paramedics? team player for once. Do you understand? I'm always a team player. Bam, there 25. they are. Have a listen. And again. And again. Maybe they should open the doors. And again. So I just repeated that same thing. Oh, I thought times. that someone was being shot. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But they're just blasting into the emergency department. Why do department. you have four doors? Oh, no, no, no. I just had to cut the audio thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're not going through four doors to get into the oh. emergency yeah. department. Yeah, don't say anymore because this is comedy gold. Oh, that's great. That's oh, great. Right. Yeah. Really need to th- rethink the build of this <laughs> hospital. <Yeah. laughs> well, it was pretty. I mean, I just find it completely unacceptable. Totally. And, and they, they slam the doors in and then they just go straight into their handover with like. And mm. that was just by pure luck that there were two doctors there having a bit of a, a discussion. Oh, so no yeah. like pre-notification. No anything. pre-notification. Wow. They just brought in some guy with like right, massive um, blast wounds to his, to his stomach. Oh my yeah. God. I just, I'm just thinking of like 
my closest local hospital and trying to ram a stretcher into it and yeah. it, the door's not opening and no. then just Well, the doors open over. outwards at yeah. our local hospital, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so you're just going to be kind of stuck. <laughs> Got to be careful. <laughs> oh, guys. Well, all right. Well, look, how about we get into the debrief, yeah? Love it. All right. Here we go. Now, guys, I was involved in an MVA the other day and it's made me really rethink how I treat people who have been in minor MVAs perhaps. Um, Mm. So let me set the scene for you. I was uh, a three-lane road all going one direction, right? Mm -hmm. I was in the the right-hand lane um, and there was a right-hand turn lane coming up and that was um, fully blocked with cars trying to turn right to the Mm -hmm. fact that they've started to creep into the right-hand lane that I was in. So I've gone into the middle lane um, to avoid having to stop, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Driving along, one of the cars didn't wasn't proactive as me and decides to do a last-minute change right at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Next minute, he's pulled into my lane without any notice and uh, I, I see him coming. I get this massive surge of adrenaline uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and move, like swing to the left. Um, there's contact made. Mm. Um, I think... Yell out some obscenity, mm-hmm. obscenities. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, and and I was just shaking. So I'm like, okay, it happened so quickly. Mm. Um, jerked my neck a little bit, oh. and then uh, so I pulled over, and I was like, mate, you better pull over too. I need to have a mm. chat with you. Got out of the car, had a look, expecting to, you know, probably written off due to the impact. <laughs> I get out, massive dent on his car. My car looked pretty teeny little scratch, if oh. I if I could call it that. But the um. The way it made me feel, I was so scared. Were you in shock? I was in <laughs> shock. So it just makes me feel like when, I, when we go to these MVAs where there's like, you know, they're so minor but a little bit more than a scratch, maybe I need to be a bit more empathetic. No. 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 Oh, no. Just no time for this. No. <laughs> Grow up. All right. Well, look, what about uh, – <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, moving right along. I, um, I hear what you're saying, Carl, but my empathy for that situation – uh, is hard to come by. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, look, I wasn't going to call an ambulance and um, no, no. But fair, God, I was just uh, had the you, of the I moment. I mean, I can understand why these people are out. You know, mm-hmm. wobbling their heads around, being a bit, you know, shaken up. It's scary, mm. and mm. it gets me thinking. You know, R one driving or um, driving under emergency conditions. Have you ever been in an accident whilst driving an ambulance <laughs> or written off an ambulance? Uh, only a few. Only a few, actually. <laughs> Yeah, 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 actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, head of kangaroo. Oh. Well, and, you know, it was the kangaroo's fault. Mm. Gosh. Uh, I shouldn't have been in the paddock like that. in my own car, but apparently oh, insurance yeah. companies don't, oh. you know, charge the kangaroo for the incident. No. Mm. Sadly, have to pay for no, it. No, so, well, I mean, I didn't well, pay for this, fortunately. Alas. And the other one, that was when I was, like, it was a while ago. I was out stationed out in the bush. Yeah. And the other one, I wasn't driving, fortunately. Um, and, you know, like... We had lights, we were fully lit up and we were responding to something that had lots of potential and our dear friend, um, who was my training officer at the time, T-boned a car. Oh, no. And (laughs) T-boned. The old T-bone into like four-way intersection. Oh, God. And it was a big, it was a big hit. But we still had to get to this job, right? We still had to get to this this. Quite like quite a big job, and so we like so pushed. Didn't stop. <laughs> we, 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 we did, going. but we kind of <laughs> left it there, and then we we pushed the stretcher the rest of the way, <gasps> oh. um, which was like oh, four hundred so meters. <laughs> <laughs> the the job was just down the road. Well, the job was oh, a car into a crowd, 
and it was the day oh. after the Las Ramblas attacks oh, in in geez. Spain. Mm. So like heightened sense, like yeah, heightened. Yeah. Like, there were like two helicopters coming, people coming from everywhere, and me and my partner were like, "Going to be first on scene." We had this crash. We're like. <laughs> Still going to be first. <laughs> <laughs> I like the commitment. That's great. That's yeah. Funny. Well, yeah. that was going to be my next question. The police um, are still looking for leader. Have a chat about <laughs> yeah. the accident. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. caused an accident? Oh yeah. I've had two. I've had two. Oh, I've had two accidents in two months in an yeah. ambulance, but they they were so minor that um, one I hit like the mirror of a truck when I was turning right. And then the other oh. one, I was trying to do a sneaky park to get Guzmani Gomez and I scraped oh. the colours. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, worth it. Yeah. Did you scratch one of our special operations cars? No. No? Oh, lucky. Oh, I was like, oh, have I? Well, no, I don't, I don't think know. I you tell us. Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've managed to do it um, a few years ago, pulling out from a side street across a major, um, it was a six lane arterial, right? Yeah, pretty much. Mm. And you can see cars starting to notice the lights as you're starting to pull out from mm. the street. Start slowing down. There's always one car that doesn't um, notice the last minute. Always. Locks up the brakes and the car behind. Oh, smash into it. No. Oh, that, what's that, the etiquette there? Do you stop? No. Uh, no. You don't. Oh, I felt bad. I had yes. a quick look oh, and went, oh, feel... everyone's okay. Yeah. And then we'll, yeah, you know. so is mate. We've got to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember paying out my, my partner at the time going, <laughs> you caused an accident. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> and about a week later, I did exactly the same thing oh, when I was no. driving. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. People need to idea. slow down and leave bigger gaps. Like yes. that, that's why we've got these emergency beacons and and, and sirens. Mm. Like if they were doing the right thing and paying attention, they would have had the crash. Yeah. Have you awareness. caused a crash car? Well, no, I haven't. I haven't. But I was wanting to see whether you guys are passenger seat drivers too when um, no. when you're going no. lights and sirens. Do you just sit back and just not care? You just let your partner kind of mm. do oh, the I work? Care. I or, totally care. Or you're being Especially like, when okay, the cars are coming straight down. Side of the yeah. Oh, yeah. But like I don't care so much. I don't think I've ever really been – the one time a partner that I was with, I got a little bit nervous. Mm. But I'm more frustrated by slow driving. Uh, like I get – so irritated if my partner just doesn't yeah, get the same. Just get the same. Yeah, driving well, uh, this Daisy. Uh, uh, any of those people that go up to the intersection and leave your lights and sirens on when it's a red light? Do you do that? Oh, uh, when you're behind cars, yeah. to push them into the red light. No, I no. don't want to push anyone okay. through a red light. Oh, okay, no. good. No. But if you start getting cars that start just slowly creeping into mm. the intersection, yeah, I'm like, you've committed. Off. You've got to commit. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. got to make some noise so people will actually slow down and. Hopefully, yeah, notice true. That because you don't want to like turn everything off and then they're creeping yeah. into the and then no one knows that anything's happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, That's go. my thoughts on it. Yeah, I good. agree. I agree. And 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 what about the the when do you turn the sirens off? It well, depends. What, <laughs> what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say depends what time of morning it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And depends what the call is because if it, if it's for a broken toe at three in the morning, mm. not until you're like in their driveway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> We've woken the entire neighbourhood up so that they all look out their windows. I'm it's so glad you good. said like that, that because I was thinking it, and thing? I was yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, look, guys, this actually ties on to the the next topic, and um, you know. Basically, we go to these uh, MVAs, car accidents, or it could even be just uh, someone down in a public place. Um, it's interesting that nowadays, how have we become a society that pull their phone out and start recording uh, when someone's ill or when you're treating someone rather than lending assistance? Uh, has it always been like this? I mean, would people uh, just watch back in the day or is it now that we've got a little camera in our pocket that everyone pulls their phones out and, and starts recording? Mm. Um, I feel I'm going to, again, get the words wrong for this one, but it, there's like the bystander effect or something, yeah. which I feel like even predates 
um, phones. So I distinctly remember when I was a bit younger and I was on a train and I saw pretty much like a, a assault breakout against this woman on the train. Mm. Um, and there would you were have just writing been, everything down that was happening. No, there, there <laughs> would have been at least 30 people on that train, like in that carriage. Yeah. As well. As, and like some of these people were, you know, adult men who I was like, surely yeah. someone's going to help. And and I, it took me, you know, a couple of seconds to realize no one's getting up. No one's doing a thing. Mm. And I was with a couple of other mates and I was like, no, nah, this is ridiculous. And so I went down the other end and just kind of tried to stand between them. Mm. Um, and I just... That was probably the first time I was like cognizant of the fact that sometimes people get paralyzed by being a an, an onlooker. Yeah. And they mm. don't nothing in their mind switches to go, maybe that person needs help. And yeah. that that wasn't a moment where anyone was filming, but it was a moment that no one was helping. Well, but how does it make you feel though when you're when you're perhaps at the shopping center Nana's had like a seizure in the middle of Westfields? Mm. Westfield. I hate it when people say Westfields. <laughs> like Myers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they, they pull out their phones when you get there and start recording. It's like, guys, this is an Ambulance Australia. Piss off. I honestly haven't seen much of that. No? No, I really haven't. Oh, okay, mm. that's good. So, All right, well, we'll maybe skip it, you. Maybe uh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm working in the wrong area. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it with Nan in the courtyard, like the food court. Yeah. But I've definitely seen it on your, sort of your bigger jobs. Mm. I'd like to think that people wouldn't do that as a default. Like they would, y- y- they would only start doing that once they had determined that there was enough helping hands. Yeah. But is that me being too optimistic, optimistic about the world? about the society? Like mm. I, and where are they posting it? Like is it just so that they've got a oh, record the or do it's they on, put on, it somewhere? On Facebook or send it to the news. But that's the other question. Do you enjoy watching those sorts of videos? Well, <laughs> I was just about to say, like for example, if we go back to like the Beirut um, explosion. Oh yeah. Like there's a lot of footage from that yeah. which is coincidental or otherwise oh, yeah. afterwards um, that also allows you to build a better picture mm. of what actually yeah, happens even if that's not necessarily the intention yeah. behind the video. Yeah. And Sometimes you can use them as training resources yeah. as well. Yeah. Like yeah. we've used yeah. lots of that kind of thing in training. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But when it's gratuitous kind of like just kind of this gore that you want to record, then yeah. I, I'm totally and utterly against it. Mm. Especially if it's going to ident- be identifiable mm. later. Like the patient the paramedics. Yeah. Yeah. Not a I, fan. I don't think we see a lot of that here in this country. No. Like being an avid uh, internet traveler. browser. Y- YouTube whole live oh, so you like that kind videos? of stuff. No, but I do watch a lot of this stuff that I'd like to say in this country, I don't think we have that mentality yeah. of like, that person's really messed up. I'm just going to pull out my phone and just film this. Yeah. Um, I've seen some pretty heinous accidents and whatnot and all the people are just standing there on their phones. No one's actually... With the patient, is that in now, more third world countries or even like the first tends world? To be. Yeah. yeah, it That's tends to be. I don't know what it is. It's probably because it's so. Th- there's a lack of uh, maybe understanding and and even even just helping other people. Now, mm. this is a very generalized kind of mm. statement. It mm. doesn't happen all the time, obviously. But you just notice the larger proportion of the crowd that's witnessed that event are standing there just watching or filming mm. or doing something and there's no one actually there. And I'd like to think that in this country, you're more than likely going to have someone by your side helping you out during those, during that kind yeah. of incident. Yeah, yeah true. But Do you think society is trained in any way, shape or form to actually properly help in those situations like i've watched well, lots that's the of other thing do you want people well, like coming I'm, in to help you know there's lots it. of footage like ever <laughs> saying about these kind of things and um let's say let's say in in our state uh, in our city something happens tomorrow mm. how many of 
those people who would otherwise be pulling out their phones would have any sort of equipment slash know-how mm. to do it. Not that they should then just default to their phone, but like what's the other option? It's also a good The point. other option <laughs> is being there. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, more than, you know, in your last, just say it was quite a heinous accident, your mm. last dying moments, having somebody there mm. is better than oh, not having true. someone there. On that note. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, well, so one of these jobs that I did last week, sorry, going to brag again, Carl. <laughs> but one of these jobs I did last week was a cyclist into the back of a parked car and they smashed the window and they gave this is like one of the worst jobs i've seen oh. they gave themselves about a 10 centimeter lack to their neck where their like trachea was exposed as, and in the end they found out it went through the internal and external jugular and like nicked the carotid artery but didn't quite sever it oh, did gosh. you pack it I didn't, yes. I didn't, but I'm it was packed. I'm proud um, of you. What, what does this mean? Is this um, hang on, I'll get rubbish to Rubbish terminology. But yes. <laughs> but <laughs> enough, enough. <laughs> there were some bystanders there who had, you know, one had a towel in the back of his car or whatever mm. that was putting pressure on the neck and I genuinely believe that without their assistance yeah, in trying well, to stem that yeah. bleeding, yeah. that person would not be alive. Yeah. And that person survived to hospital. So oh, I, wow. you know, there's a moment sometimes some people are really – useless but these people were some of the most helpful bystanders i've ever Fantastic. seen just side note to that packing is akin to like major hemorrhage like a, like a tourniquet in major hemorrhages to a limb wound packing is the same for a junctional bleed neck uh. axilla groin actually it wasn't packed uh, it, there was um hemostatic clotting dressing yeah, and then yeah, a yeah. israeli bandage oh, so I was gonna yeah. Say, yeah. okay okay i've, I've packed like a a PA abscess before. Yeah, okay. So similar similar, similar, similar thing, but so it's an you, acute you fold it's an the gauze yeah. back in the nursing days. Yeah. yeah. Community it's a similar idea. Rather than sticking it seen. into a smelly, like, you know, chronic <laughs> wound, yeah. you're putting it into a fresh, <laughs> a big arterial technique? bleed. doesn't really, like, if no, this is a life-saving really intervention, yeah. They're <laughs> probably, probably going to go anyway. for a surgical washout and IV antibiotics, so. <laughs> and the guy survived. Yeah. Survived to hospital and went straight to theatre. Fantastic. Chalk it up as a win. Yeah, it's yeah. a, yeah. a win for the so, good guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually would like to follow that one up because it was really interesting. But yeah. yeah, that was one of those kind of like timeless tissue, like sweet, positive Swiss cheese effect for that well, patient. Well, I tell you what, if you do want to be someone that can help um, in those situations, we have a fantastic prize that we're giving away at the moment, the Victorinox Rescue Tool, mm. um, which you can win if you jump onto our Facebook at Rambling Ambos. Uh, tag two people in there. We've got about 55 people in there. So that's a one in 55 chance. It's not too bad, is it? Yeah. Mm. And then you can use the little uh, window breaker. Yep. And, um, yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. not so good at packing wounds with that no. tool. No. Well, don't. <laughs> Use the knife <laughs> to pack the wound. <laughs> true. Main true. juice bleeding. No. Um, all right, guys. Well, look, that's all we've got time for. Uh, we've got the rack. The rack is back. Ooh. Finally. I've been able to say that with um, with it actually being back. You, you've been rack. planning that from like day yeah. one. Yeah, well, I said it on the first one too just because I didn't think I'd get a chance. I didn't think we'd make it here, to be honest. <laughs> and, and here we are. And, and here we are. Our loyal supporters. <laughs> Pakistan and where guys. are we it's time. Oh, hang on. Your, your buzzers. Oh, oh uh, what did I do? A quack. I'm a quack. You're I'm a quacker. Quack guy. I'm yeah. a moo because you yeah. keep picking on my moo every moo. Yeah. And the big dog. Woof. 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 Oh. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's like an American sounding dog. Or like, you know, like with an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, guys. It's time to play The Rack. Question one. What is the treatment for Novichok agents? Quack. Uh, Lee. Atropin. Correct. What are Haloma moles? Uh, moo. Yeah, there's soft foot calluses. Yes, correct. <laughs> well done. Number three. Which decade was the first portable defibrillator invented? 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s? Quack. 60s. Correct. Oh, 
Uh, number four, the funnel web spider is Australia's deadliest spider. What's the treatment if someone is bitten by one? Quack. Ah, oh, Lee. Got to get in early there, Evan. Pressure and mobilisation technique. Correct. Advantage. Number five, is that the same treatment for a redback spider bite? And who? False. Wolf. Not negative? negative? Yeah, false. That's correct. Uh, the top speed of the rocket suit mentioned earlier Quack. is what? 51. Yeah, correct. Uh, what, hang on, 51 what? Uh, Kilometres an hour. Yeah, correct. Uh, number seven, on a uh, laryngoscope, which is the flat blade? What's it called? Wolf. Oh. Uh, Evan. Miller. Correct. Nice. Uh, Triscada kiberphobia is the fear of which number? May have pronounced that wrong. Quite Say it again. Yeah. I don't know. Tris, like three? Uh, 13. Oh. Uh, number nine, VRE is tested by swabbing where? Wolf. Evan. <laughs> I have no idea. Wherever the infection is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you can uh, do, me. but there's, a, there's one that I've done specifically. Quack. A, a bum Jen? hole. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yes. PR, PR. Uh, the leading cause of death globally is? Quack. Oh, oh my, no. We Lee. Lee. Yeah, you go. Heart disease? Oh, correct. Yeah. That is, <laughs> Lee, you have won another trip to Gosford. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, very, very well done there. And uh, guys, we'll be right back after this with the Clinical Corner. To celebrate our first season of us rambling, we wanted to say thank you to you, our listeners. So we've teamed up with paramedicshop.com.au to give you the chance to win a brand new Victorinox rescue tool valued at $120. The rescue tool designed by Swiss paramedics can assist you with a seatbelt cutter, a window breaker, a disc saw for shatterproof glass, and much more with over 12 separate functions in one tool. To enter, jump onto our Facebook page at Rambling Ambos and tag two friends in our competition post. For all the latest paramedicine gear and equipment, head to paramedicshop.com.au, Australia's biggest and best online paramedic store. For full terms and conditions, see the competition post. The winner will be announced on episode 10. Good luck. Welcome back to the Clinical Corner. Today, we're doing things a little bit differently. We're looking at some specific conditions and going through the pathophysiology of those instead of some case studies. And Ev is going to run through it for us. But to find out what we're talking about, I've got a little jingle for you guys. You love your jingles. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Medical. Just another medical Monday because on Mondays we always get our medical job. So, Ev, what have you got for us today? So, Carl was basically asking about uh, APO versus COPD. Um, these patients, in particular, differentiating the two and what happens if you managed, uh, say, APO with COPD's treatment and vice versa. Yeah, sounds mm. familiar. Tricky. Yeah, so it, it does happen from time to time. Anyway, so let's let's just rehash on COPD. I know we've, we're all quite familiar with it, but mm-hmm. for the readers and listeners who haven't uh, come across it, mm. um, so chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, it's also known as chronic obstructive airways disease or Ooh. even CAL, mm-hmm. chronic airway limitations mm-hmm. uh, oh, in yeah. some countries. Well, that sounds a bit easier. Yeah, it's all the same thing, Cal. basically. Um, so Code. it refers to lung disease or a group of lung diseases that primarily affect the smooth muscle in the lower airways, leading to obstructed airflow and inflammatory changes. Mm-hmm. It's generally characterised by progressive bounce of shortness of breath or dyspnea, mm-hmm. chronic cough and mucus production. 
Ill. I say group of diseases because back in the day, it incorporated emphysema, chronic bronchitis and asthma. Usually two out of three of those to reach a diagnosis. Now, that's what it used to be. It seems yeah. to be a little bit more ad-lib now. Loosey-goosey now, right? Yeah, it's Anyone kind of... The, the problem is the, the lines in between each one of these conditions sometimes is so... Blurry. Blurry yeah. that it's hard to differentiate. So they just give it that ballpark COPD diagnosis. Mm. Um yeah, uh, it's diagnosed via spirometry, uh, the presentation of what the patient's been experiencing over the months or years, um, and also what kind of irritant they've been exposed to. Generally mm. for COPD, it would be your tobacco smoke. Mm. Now the question, just on that note, have you ever come across someone that had COPD or emphysema that wasn't induced by cigarette smoking? Yes. Is, yeah, you got yeah, yeah, no, I have. Just Go. from exercise, I believe. Right, right. Uh, as, asbestosis, does it fall under the oh. same sort of thing? Yeah. Ooh, good question. Was this exercise one correct, or is that you gave me a big look then? Uh, As if I mean, a bit of like a COPD, thing. right? Is the is like the destruction of no emphysema is the destruction of the alveoli, yeah, hmm. and so the elasticity of the, the yeah. smooth muscle. Yeah. Ah, so could it even just be hay fever, perhaps? I don't, I don't think you'd get COPD I, from that. Well, I had a like an exacerbation of their COPD, so they've already oh, definitely. got it. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I, ha- I was thinking. And then an the exacerbation can of... exacerbate oh. the yeah, chronic, like yeah, an yeah, acute yeah. on chronic episode. Ah, uh, sorry, that's what I thought you meant when so, you said. Well, I thought everyone just has a smoke and then they have an yeah, exacerbation. No, no. By, by the it. definition <laughs> itself, uh, chronic exposure to an irritant. So mm. I guess you could say, yeah, asbestos could lead to COPD mm-hmm. type symptoms. So yeah, you'd probably end up. With that kind of what about chlorine? A chlorine exposure is that more like an asthma attack? Because I had a chlorine exposure and they was like really wheezy, um, mm. inspiratory and ex- ex- no more of an expiratory wheeze actually from memory. Mm. Um, which Probably we more some... upper airway if there was that wheeze that's yeah. that stride. In it. So, oh, okay. so it has to be a chronic exposure. Yeah, mm. so yeah. sorry, a bit off topic. So a pool guy, oh, a pool question. man. Ah, uh, no, <laughs> just a yeah. Well, yeah, he was a pool man. man Eternal pool. pool boy. The point is, <laughs> if you ever come across a COPD patient or mm. emphysema patient, um, who hasn't been exposed to tobacco smoke their whole life, they will tell you all about it. Mm. It's like a it's like mm. a real yeah. gripe of theirs. Like how did I get it is this? a little bit because I think I, yeah. I think when people say that they have emphysema, you automatically assume yeah, that they're a smoker. Totally. Mm. Yeah. So, so well, they wear it as a badge of pride and go, no, no, this wasn't smoke. It was something else. Yeah. <laughs> good I'm good just on you. One mate. of the unlucky few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, so that's COPD as a ballpark. Um APO on the other hand, so acute pulmonary edema, um, generally caused by cardiogenic versus non cardiogenic causes so mm. your cardiogenic is going to be your AMIs your heart failure mm-hmm. CCF mm-hmm. Uh, left ventricular failure um, whereas your non-cardiogenic is going to be your uh, near drownings, drownings um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, chlor- what did you say yeah before? the chlorine, chlorine yeah, exposure yeah. can yeah. cause pulmonary edema mm. yeah. yeah so you've got Two different mechanisms that's causing the same thing there. So when you're going cardiogenic as well, you're getting changes to your hyd- uh, pulmonary uh, hydrostatic pressure, colloid osmotic pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that, some sort that of gradient, fluid shift across yeah, the membrane. Yeah, gradient deficit that's going to cause that uh, the blood plasma to basically go across the yeah. respiratory membrane into the alveoli. Whereas on the other side of non-cardiogenic, you're getting some sort of destruction or damage to the uh, respiratory membrane, mm. like you said, from chlorine or some sort of toxic gas or something mm. um, near drowning, depending on what they're drowning in, can yeah. actually irritate it as well. Yeah, fresh, fresh water or salt water. Salt water is going to drag more of that fluid across the That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So there's there's acute pulmonary edema in a, in a sort of a generalised view of the, the mechanisms behind it. So it's a great question how to differentiate between the two of them if you came into contact 
mm. with a patient complaining of obviously shortness of breath. Mm. Yeah, well, they're pain. both can often th- in I, respiratory distress, aren't and they? And can I throw a third like spanner in this word? Yeah, so for, you know, your your chronic uh, airway infections, right? So you've got yeah. mm. and and how do you differentiate between? Those? I got bronchitis. <laughs> yeah, like you got this, you've got this mucky chest. Their their work of breathing is right up. Their rest rate is right up. Their tachycardic, you mm. know, blah 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 blah. It's a few things that differentiate that from APO as well. Absolutely. Mm. I was going to say, so, I feel like you see that as well in like nursing home patients who oh, totally, don't yeah. have that full tidal volume and don't move that much air in the chest. Like they yeah. need chest physio and stuff. Yeah, yeah. percussion. And well, there yeah. we go. So you've sort of answered and I had to think about that question if I was going to a patient who had shortness of breath. How do you, how do you start working out even before you got there? What is the likeliness of an APO versus a s- exacervation of COPD. Like so history. guess like time of day? Oh, yeah. No, okay. no, no. You're on the on the money. So you've seen findings where you're being called to if it's a nursing home versus mm. non-nursing home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the, the seen findings, is there is there a concentrated oxygen or an O2 mm. bottle nearby? That mm. should give a, you know. CPAP, BiPAP. Yeah, yeah just the seen findings. Uh, time of day, the age of the patient, the sex of the patient, hell, mm. what area of the town you're going to might differentiate it. Mm-hmm. Um, the presentation is obviously going to be the biggest one. Because there's a lot of things that in between APO and COPD. Yeah, that so let's might break that down. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, from my perspective, like your APOs are going to be hypertensive. Yep. They're going to be, um, yeah, they're, they're potentially going to be an underlying cause. Like they're potentially going to be like chest pain, uh, those kind of things. Sure. Mm. Whereas on the other side of the fence, you're not necessarily going to see that, that hypertension. There's classic... Uh, pink frothy sputum that you might you know that you might see as well yeah. yeah I don't know I had I had an exacerbation of COPD the other day mm. and um, oh maybe I didn't now <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> no but it was um, interesting because um, he had a bit of a little vomit whilst we were there mm. of some sputum some mm. frothy sputum but um, very much had the you know uh, emphysema um, the the salbutamol and atrovent, which is another topic in this current times, whether we should be nebbing mm. COPD mm. patients, mm. Um, certainly cleared him up. And in this case, I felt like it was almost a life-threatening uh, exacerbation of COPD. Mm. Um, yeah. But I guess that's where you put your whole picture together. Like if you're just looking at just the vomit, like mm. I wouldn't, if that's your only thing differentiating, like I feel like, you know, again, I've been in this similar situation of not being able to differentiate um, for a patient of mine, but you, you put everything together. So like are yeah. they hypertensive and do they have kind of some kind of cardiac history or um, I don't know, yeah, along yeah, yeah. those lines yeah. and do they take any um, diuretics well, and things yeah. like that and you go, okay, well then this paints a better picture for mm. APO versus COPD. But like you said, if they've got emphysema and they have that history, you'd, you'd kind of more like, meh, it's probably that. Yeah. yeah. But as Jen sort of led to there, there's not one aspect, uh, clinical aspect of that job that you would just say that just because of that alone, I'm going to yeah. say that this is APO, for example. So history, presentation, your vital signs, medications, any history that you can obtain from, you know, either the patient or the bystanders, and also the response of your initial treatment mm, should yeah. give you an idea of what you're actually up against. So that sort of that that mm. ties into the next part of Carl was asking, what happens if you treat an APO with COPD's normal treatment regime versus I like how you see this is Carl was asking. It was <laughs> supposed to be you just giving us a presentation. Okay, but, Carl um, wasn't asking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that if you treat someone with APO uh, if you treat someone with APO with how you would treat a COPD patient, like you're going to miss some things. You're going to miss GTN. Sure. You're going to yeah. miss potentially if you choose. Do you mean treat someone with exacerbation of COPD yeah. with 
No, 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 no. The other way around. Someone who has APO, if you treat them with um, COPD, uh, which is essentially like salbutamol okay. and, and yeah, yeah, oxygen, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you're gonna you're gonna miss some pretty uh, important steps, yeah. like particularly like your GTN administration. Um, Lasix. Yeah, CPAP. I mean, Lasix, I'm not a huge believer and I don't think, I think we're trending away from pre-hospital Lasix probably, but regardless, there's a different discussion. Um, yeah, and on the and, but on the flip side, if you treat a COPD patient as it may have been an APO, you're not going to have as bad a result. Well, you still you they, they need they need so I don't know. No, it's not great either way. Can you need confirm. to know what you're treating. Yeah, yeah. Can, 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 I know. I, I feel Be like better. I touched on this <laughs> multiple times, but can confirm when you give salbutamol to a tacky patient who's an APO, they go down the they drain hole the... very quickly. Ooh. Do you know the pathophys of that? The pharmacokinetics of well, that? Like what have uh, you looked into? Personally, no. So I had a chat with a couple of. Um, higher clinical level people than me about this case. And uh, they're thinking she was already tachycardic. So that was one thing that um, they sort of suggested was that salbutamol does induce yeah. tachycardia. So you're putting the heart under more... Yeah, so you're putting the heart under more stress when it's already stressed. And so when... If, if she's in cardiogenic APO or, or whatever the cause may be, because she did actually come up with STEMI um, later on, right. you know, and, and actually there's going to be a question for you in just a second. But <laughs> there's, you know, there's clearly kind of some cardiac, you know, cause or issue to her APO. Yeah. And because I gave salbutamol, I mean, I don't know if it's the salbutamol or if she was destined to just deteriorate regardless, but she, it just, her SATs dropped, her heart rate went up yeah. um, and yeah. it really didn't, help yeah so you know is it but specifically you still that got a thank you letter from that i did in i did oh, because well. she died and came back to life and that is not in my hands oh. but <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll take credit where credit is due yeah well I'll, I'll break it down to those two scenarios of what i can sort of picture in my head so if you've got a po um copd patient that mm. you manage as an apo patient and you give them what would probably be a standard treatment regime of nitrates as in gtn spray patches tablets CPAP and plus or minus Lasix, depending on, you know, uh, the patient, you run the risk of putting them into a, a state of hypoperfusion or you're going to drop mm. their blood pressure and they could deteriorate that way. Oh, um, yeah. Actually, because my COPD patient was, you know, around 100 systolic sure, sure. initially. So, yeah. Um, even even GPAP, well, I mean, which yeah, we can CPAP, use now. Gastric distension, increase, vomiting. Increase cut into thoracic pressure, yeah. stimulate the vagus nerve, yep. drop heart rate, parasympathetic mm-hmm. response. Yep. Yep. Yeah, mm. so you're going to lead to probably medical hypoperfusion and hypoxemia by treating it with that. It it really depends, but that's as a generalization, okay? And I guess that so, depends on how aggressively you treat yeah. as well. So. Well, we're saying like say GTN every five minutes yeah. and Lasix on top of Lasix yeah. after ten minutes. This kind of thing really aggressively in that COPD patient who doesn't need it. Mm. Um, Whoops, their sats <laughs> will probably come up initially, and you'll be high fiving yourself, and then it probably yeah, yeah probably right. won't go <laughs> well depending on their response to the GTN yeah. and the CPAP and that. Um, APO, on the other hand, if you treat them with the COPD um, normal regime, which would just be low flow oxygen um, plus or minus steroids, um, hydrocortisone, depending on the patient, um, I, I suspect that that patient will not get better. Their APO mm. will progress, their pulmonary edema, and they'll deteriorate. Hopefully we sit them up though first, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, no, yeah. supine. <laughs> Actually, upside down, I've heard that really helps. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. So as, as Lee stated before, either one of them, if you get the treatment wrong, eventually they're going to start deteriorating. Mm. And yeah, I'm still yet to see it out on road. I haven't done it, haven't seen anyone do it. 
But mm. uh, just learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, mm. No, but this is actually, and I think I've touched on this before as well. But sometimes, like, if you're not sure, mm. don't necessarily go like full ham on a treatment regime and mm. just bring it back. So yeah. just go. Yeah. Okay, do they yeah. just need oxygen? Can BLS. we just start with that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. and that's a lesson that I learned from yeah. that case. But I think that's a really interesting thing. Sometimes we're like tunnel vision. Yeah. You're like, this is definitely this. We need to. Why is this treatment not working? Let's keep going and give more. Yeah. Where it's like, no, no, no. Pause maybe we need to step back and just do basics because if you're not sure, it's safer. Mm. Keep it simple, conservative yeah. Yeah. and keep reassessing. Exactly. Yeah. Watch for deterioration. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But, um, awesome. Oh, I have a question oh. for you. Okay. Um, and Lee. APO and STEMIs. Does one cause the other? Does, you know, doesn't having, does going into APO cause a STEMI? Does a STEMI cause you to go in APO? What uh, are your thoughts? There's no guarantees on either one of those. Yeah. Um, you can have an AMI, um, AMI without going into APO, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, and an APO can be present without you having an AMI. Yes. Uh, think of your CCF patients who have exacerbations of shortness of breath. They've missed a Lasix dose, for example. Yeah. They will put themselves into a further struggle with their breathing and that, but it's not necessarily going to cause them to have a heart attack. Mm. Yeah. I if don't think it's a chicken and egg situation. No. But Having APO is often um, the, a a further down the line pathophysiology of AMI. Yeah. All right. So when you've got an AMI and you've got tissue death, um, mm. you know, and and that you will, it's it's a high. It's one of the main causes of APO. Yeah. Okay. So like, mm. so if someone was unlucky mm. enough to have both, it's probably the AMI causing yes. the APO. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very but it, yet again, if you leave it for too long, even as a, just a, an exacerbation of CCF, then the strain on the heart, a little bit of hypoxemia, excess um, myocardial workload yeah. could make them infarct. Yeah, right. It could lead to heart damage mm, that way as well. Well, on that's top of heart damage. My question Ooh. at all, does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, yeah. Evan. Thanks for um, having a look through that. That's no uh, much appreciated. And guys, Cheers. that was medical. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, guys. Just another medical Monday. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, Jen, Lee, Ev. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, pleasure. Right? And uh, Ev, it's your driving song today. It what is. have you got? I've got Roses by St. John. Ooh. Tune. Banger. You would know this, you little TikToker. Yeah. yeah. Big TikTok song. Get on board. I've seen your TikTok, Lee, all your, all your dances in your bikini and stuff. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your, okay, drop it. What's your. I don't have a handle. Oh. I don't TikTok <laughs> dance. I just TikTok <laughs> lurk. Oh. Anyway, guys. Creeper look, in the bushes. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we're giving away the Victorinox rescue tool on our next episode, season finale of Rambling Ambo. So make sure you tune into that. If you're listening to this in a couple of months' time, it will mean absolutely nothing. But until then, guys, stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye.